Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. wow hello and welcome to the hp podcast i am ben and with me here today are just some magnificent looking men uh one of them for the audio listeners was just stone cold up close (laughs) to his camera when we when we came in when we spawned in to get the gamer talk on when we spawned into the show uh brandon i'm good the most glorious ginger how are you um Ready to talk games and uh, super glad to be on the video chat again this week, boys. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's startling actually having to see your face not in person. Oh, good. I, I said have. I mean, get to see your face, but not in person. Like, but you were telling you know, us different. last week that like you barely leave your house. So, do you see Brandon in person outside of of? of the podcast and follow-up question. If you don't, do you know if he's actually a real person? And we've had this discussion before Uh, with somebody else that we know. I don't know if you remember Ben, but. Well, first of all, hello, Dave. Welcome to the show. Um, Good to have you. Uh, Yeah. I actually saw Brandon all day on Saturday. We went to a a gaming, a retro gaming show. Um, But Dave, if you remember uh, merely three or four weeks ago, Brandon and I had been in the same room every Tuesday night speaking to you for 230-ish weeks I don't, I don't recall the time, so. the time that existed before this show being live. So live on True. video. So okay. I don't know what it you're kind of visible at this oh. point. Yeah. It, you know, we make it work. We make things happen over here on the HP podcast. Um, Dave, uh, I, I heard your week has been interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I was wondering if you wanted yeah, to elaborate. So I had on a baby on Thursday. Uh, well, I I didn't a have baby. a baby, but my wife had a baby, and yes. by you yes, now by own power a baby, of deduction, though. I am I am part owner of yes. said baby. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, my my wife was uh, she was pregnant. Now she isn't. Um, and uh, <laughs> is that weird? Is that weird for her? Uh, yeah, it, the whole thing is weird now. Um, I I think yeah. about I do a lot of like what was i doing this time last week and i'm like oh, you know, yeah. i was doing this this and this but it was all so different so yeah a lot is different right now but um 
Yeah. <laughs> Congrats, Dave, on the new second own wow. woman. Thank you, uh, Ed Casty. That's uh, that feels good. So yeah, our uh, our baby girl. Uh, her name is Dahlia. Uh, she was born on Thursday at twelve oh one p.m. She's happy and healthy, and more importantly, so is her mother. So yeah, big big changes in uh, in the Lambton household, but uh, all good stuff. Nice. The one thing that will never change. Now, Brandon and I actually uh, had talked last night, and I was like, oh, I, I don't, by the way, I don't know if Dave's going to be on tomorrow or not. I wouldn't expect him to. And Brandon, you know, Brandon's like, oh, yeah, of course not. And then today you popped into our chat and we're like, what I'll a be, legend. I'll be there. What a legend. Like, Seriously. Excuse me. I mean, what a legend. So this is the one thing. If you think about what you were doing last week on Tuesday night exactly. at seven o'clock, you were doing this. So it yeah. has, that hasn't and changed. I mean, my, in your my life. wife and I, about a year ago, is when we first kind of sat down and said, like, we'd like to d- have a child. And, and we discussed what would change. And uh-huh. I said, Alley, I swear to God, if, if this gets in the way of the Handsome Phantom podcast, then it's it's not happening. So, but no, in all seriousness, right. I mean, yeah. it's a newborn child is you you know Ben, uh, and you may know someday Brandon is the early days. The baby just kind of sleeps a lot, um, and and now was one of those times. So I figured, why, why not jump on, on the podcast? And uh, there's no reason why I couldn't be here, and I and I love being here. So. Right. Well, I mean, plus her mom has to do something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't oh, let her no. just, you know, I can't, I can't take on all the work. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. here I am. Wow. Nice. Well, we're glad to have you. Congrats on the baby. Um, yeah, I guess that's yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, you made thing something cool. Congrats on the baby. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 Well, it's yet to be determined if the baby is cool yet. Like she could grow up. It'd be really it's, like, that's always cool, a possibility right? every human so, has that inherent capability to not be cool uh w- yeah like at one point there G- is still the possibility yeah, I like be jim cool ryan's someday. parents probably thought he was a cool baby at first but now look did you see how he holds a controller yeah. it's, it, it's just yeah. even if he's holding it normal you can just tell by the way he holds it that it's just not very cash money so yeah not cash money at all well, if you want to help support Dave's uh, new baby, you can go over uh, to support us on patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Now, just a quick disclaimer, Dave's baby will not Zero. see any of that money unless we start making like a lot of money. Um, but for now, it just goes to help pay our bills uh, for running the show. So we appreciate that. If you want to help us out, streaming software, podcast hosting services, all that kind of stuff is not free support us for as little as a dollar a month and we will love you long time i think i've said that before maybe maybe once or twice if you don't want to support us or if you do want to support us either way you can go over to hang out with us on discord at handsomefandom.com slash discord we try to chat with folks in there we determine what food's (laughs) having for dinner um we share stupid memes and uh take pity on um on some members when their cars break down so like that's what we do there so just come hang out with us uh you'll appreciate it and we'll appreciate the chicken cordon blue tonight just through there yeah, just saying no poo. Like, sorry we didn't post it in the Discord, but Chicken Cordon Blue from uh, Popeyes, I think. Uh, this just says Popeyes <laughs> I don't know, Cordon man. <laughs> I, I suspect they have all the elements, all right. but yeah. They could potentially make it if they wanted to. Just walk in and explain to them. Like, uh, like, like, say, that's one of the menus. Like, you have everything forward back there. Just, just, just please, make it, like, please. <laughs> Look, I can see, I can see the chicken, okay? Um, somewhere in your menu are the other ingredients Ham as well. Swiss cheese has to be back <laughs> Just there do it. And you're welcome. That's what you get in the Discord. If you remember the Discord. 
Boys, let's talk about some gaming news before we go on too far. Enough of this baby talk we've been having. Let's start off with layoffs at Naughty Dog. And maybe we'll even get into a little bit of other stuff as well with Naughty Dog going on. PlayStation's Naughty Dog studio, known for games like The Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us Part 2, is repeatedly laying off dozens of contract workers, impacting various departments, including quality assurance testing. Approximately 25 developers are said to be affected, with no severance offered, and the layoffs will become official at the end of October. Despite the success of HBO's adaptation of The Last of Us, a multiplayer spinoff has faced development challenges, um, which we'll talk about. These layoffs follow the retirement of studio co-president Evan Wells and a leadership restructuring. Naughty Dog joins other major studios facing layoffs in the industry. What's once again, we'll talk about that, too. Dave, I wanted to throw it to you first. Uh, Naughty Dog potentially laying off a bunch of people. And we also know that recently, you know, factions maybe took a little setback uh, thanks to Big Bad Daddy Bungie. Um, I had to string all that together in my head. Big Bad Daddy (laughs) Bungie. I hadn't thought of that before just now. Uh, Coming in and saying maybe the game didn't have the legs that it needed. Uh, Anyway, what do you think? Naughty Dog is not a studio that we would commonly associate with having layoffs, but... Who's yeah, I, nobody. Evidently, once we get through through this show, and and last week, I think we talked about quite a bit of layoffs as well. So no one is safe, especially in the video game industry. Well, there isn't a whole lot of uh, job security, but um, you know, I think trying to kind of reflect and understand what's going on with the story. I think what exactly is happening with the Last of Us multiplayer or or factions is is really kind of what would determine what's ap- actually going on. Um, keeping in mind, you know, a lot of time with, with video games, again, they're, they're treated as projects. So there's a lot of people working on them who are contract staff. And if we're talking about dozens, well, that could be 25 staff members who just came to the end of their contract. So this could be a whole lot of nothing. Let's just kind of keep that in mind. Um, I, I don't think anything is wrong with Naughty Dog. Um, you know, we, we know that things are changing at the studio, um, and we know that, you know, Neil Druckmann is working on an, an announced game. So um, for these developers, it could be a couple of things such as, you know, they're they are no longer needed on the uh, multiplayer project or, you know, um, the unannounced game is further along than we actually may think. Or it could be, you know, the doom and gloom stuff where there is actually um, a scaling back of, of of things happening at Naughty Dog, which would obviously be the worst thing. But I think this is not really, uh, there's not as much smoke there just yet with the story. Um, but, you know, if, if you want to kind of put a negative spin on it, you know, it has been a long time since Sony has announced a first party game. So the fact that Naughty Dog, one of your um, pristine sort of developers is letting people go is probably not something that bodes well for that concern going away. So um, I don't think the time is, to, is, 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 is now to panic, but um, this is something to kind of keep an eye on there. We'll be talking about something a little bit later in the show um, that might relate back to this, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird one for sure. Brendan, uh, your thoughts on, layoffs at Naughty Dog and also uh, the idea of you know could this be something yeah. to do with factions I mean uh, I don't know that we have any reason to think that necessarily but we know that yeah. rumors yeah, that's are kind of something that we've that talked about before and I do tend to mostly agree with what Dave's saying I, I wouldn't put too too much weight on this um, but I do think it does hurt 
uh, a little bit extra kind of twist in the knife a little bit more based off of the current landscape that the industry is facing right now. Um, even based off of what, what we've talked about in the past couple of weeks um, and what we're going to talk about again today, I think that's kind of where the eyes are on the industry right now because it seems to be pretty prevalent throughout the industry, all of these layoffs. So um, I think that this does uh, spell more bad things um, for the factions. And I think, honestly, at some point, I said it back then. I'm going to say it again when we talked about it. But I honestly think they should just ax this already. Um, It seems to be causing more problems than good. I mean, I feel like we would know more about it by now if it wasn't in grave danger, so to speak. So um, I don't know that I think that Naughty Dog is doing something incredibly wrong. We don't get an entire picture here. Um, And uh, I think that a lot of times I, I, I saw so many articles specifically about this just because it's Naughty Dog. You know, it's one of the greats. Um, and I think that we like to sensationalize this thing. And I'm not saying it's good. 25 developers um, is a decent amount of any workforce. Um, and it's sad that they had to go. But um, Naughty Dog is doing OK. They just need to keep on chugging that they really should be telling us more information by now that's kind of what is weird about all of this is they've been kind of radio silent on so much um that you know i want to assume the worst but i i doubt that is the case so it's uh it's definitely interesting because we expect for like the flagship studio to be sharing more but really, in relationship to other studios, they're not sharing that much less than anybody else. Um, but on to my other point, did either of you guys play Last of Us Factions for part one? I played it at PAX, but that's about all one, I played, I guess. So wasn't really interested. Okay. Yeah. I never played Factions at all. Matter of fact, I might have only ever seen gameplay of it one time. So my commentary on it is you could take it with a grain of salt, but it doesn't seem to me... I don't know, like this got delayed from launching with the game to now being apparently delayed even further. And it doesn't seem to me like a multiplayer Last of Us would be that hard to put together. But I guess part of the idea is that they want it to be like PlayStation's moving towards this more live service focus. So they want it to be there for a long time and make them lots of money. So I guess it kind of makes sense. I think they're probably caught in this pickle of they don't want a half-baked... Uh, multiplayer expansion tied to a series that has incredible prestige. <laughs> so, um, I I mean, I get how yeah. that would be a difficult situation. I do understand that live service often is not done correctly, especially from studios that don't have that experience. We see that all the time. Um, games that come out with live service elements that probably shouldn't have them. Um, or, you know, somebody else should have stepped in to help them out with it. And, uh, I just think the Naughty Dog's name is too high up there. I think they understand where they sit and they want to put out a quality product and aren't really um, settling for anything less, as it seems. So, Yeah. And in the chat, we got a couple people saying about how great Factions 1 was. And I, I definitely have no doubt about that. Um, it just seems to me to be interesting that whatever the new version of it is, if that's truly what they're working and on, which it seems like it I is. I guess my real question to Factions so 1 being beloved is that if Factions 1 came out in 2023, would it receive the same praise? 
because that's really what that's really what what they're kind mm. of working against is it's like you could just put out something that's similar and update it slightly but i think that is really the sticking point is that they want it to be something that is worthy of being tacked on to this really good game so yeah that's a good point for sure um well, while we're on the subject of Naughty Dog, I had this later on. There's a train. I can hear the train coming. It's coming <laughs> the to ghost train. But anyway, uh, let, let's move number three to number two. And, and it is actress Shannon Woodward, known for her role as Dina in The Last of Us Part Two, shared a photo from a recent motion capture session on social media. In her post, she mentioned that the motion capture work was for a top secret video game and included three emojis hinting at the possibility it might be related to The Last of Us Part Three. However, there's an alternate theory that this motion capture could be for additional dialogue for cutscenes for a potential The Last of Us Part Two director's cuts. The recording equipment in the photo appears to belong to developer Cyan Worlds. Brandon, are you ready for The Last of Us 3? Um, are you ready for it to happen? Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for it. <laughs> um, I think it's probably more likely that it's something related to The Last of Us 2 than The Last of Us 3 at this point, uh, just based off of how long it has been since the game has come out and how long we know these sort of uh, giant experiences take to make. Um, but yeah, I would be ready for a Last of Us 3. I would honestly even be ready for a Last of Us 2. It's been long enough for me that I would love to get a little bit more of that game, um, which is a weird thing to say because part of me actually thinks it's a little bit too long. But to see a different version or more dialogue that isn't that I haven't already seen, I'm interested in more of the story, not necessarily playing the entire thing over. So if I got more of what I already had, I'd be interested in that for sure. Dave, The Last of Us 2, highly divisive. First of all, the game itself is highly divisive. Second of all, it was highly divisive to make a Last of Us 2 because The Last of Us 1, according to many people, including me, uh, didn't need a sequel. But they made it, and now we've got Last of Us 2. And we've kind of got, like, at this point, it's like, well, I don't know we should have had a Last of Us 2, but now we need a Last of Us 3 to round it out. Hopefully they'll be done with it after that. But anyway, your thoughts on Last of Us 2 could this be motion capture for it? Uh, or could it literally just be any other game that Shannon Woodward happens to be involved yeah, with? Yeah, remind me, did did the show come out after The Last of Us 2? Okay, so yeah. I mean, The Last of Us yeah. has uh, a whole bunch of new fans that it didn't have before. And I believe the, the remake or remaster, whatever it was, came out sort of in line with the show. Yeah. Part one. Yeah, so yeah. I... I the PC version came out right after right. the show wrapped so up. So I, I think maybe going to a director's cut is probably a good way to kind of uh, stimulate some of those new fans and, and get them caught up with everything. And, and I'm sure a lot of them went and probably played the second game, but a lot of them probably didn't. So getting this in front of them and getting some fresh promotion is, is a very Jim Ryan Sony thing to do. Um, so I think that's kind of the most likely. Um, but I feel like having a voice actor kind of teasing something on Twitter and it just effectively being a re-release of a game that really isn't that old um, doesn't really match up. I, 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 I think what we're probably going to get most likely is it is the last of us three. Um, it's, as I said earlier, it's, it's been a while since uh, Sony has announced, you know, an, a, another big sort of sequel and, and people are hungry. And this is exactly what people need. This would be uh, a massive um, sort of um, sort of anticipation piece for both um, hardcore gamers like ourselves 
and people who are newer uh, coming in from the show. So I think this is a really good time to kind of announce something like that, whether it's now or at the Game Awards or uh, sometime early next year where we're actually going to get an announcement for The Last of Us 3. So if I was a betting man, my my money would go on The Last of Us uh, 3. We're going to get a full-on sequel. Um, and, you know, again, we, we know that Neil Druckmann's working on an unannounced game. I kind of doubt that an unannounced game is a re-release of a game that's already come out. So I think uh, Last of Us 3 is probably going to be my bet is what she's working on. Um, but you're right. I mean, it could also be a new IP because um, uh, developers and publishers often reuse actors for different projects, even if they're not part of the same franchise. But I think this is probably Last of Us 3. And stretch goal or stretch sort of prediction, uh, I think it's going to be announced at the Game Awards. So we'll see. I like that prediction. And that's probably true. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like it's probably Last of Us 3. And... Who knows? But I just love how people like jump to conclusions like, oh, this actress who was in this thing is recording something. Therefore, it must be a sequel. Um, I mean, we know it's coming. Like there's no I don't think there's any real doubt about that industry wide, but it certainly could be. Um, I guess it could be a number of other things as well that she's working on, especially since the the recording equipment, you know, the mocap specifically was not at um Naughty Dog, and and I'm a little fuzzy on whether Naughty Dog has their own. I I would think they do, but I don't. I guess I don't know um, their own motion capture studio. But for them to hire somebody outside probably leans more towards. Yeah, I don't know. Also, you're talking about um, Neil having an unannounced project, and maybe that's not a remake or a remaster. I wonder if Neil, or not just in this specific case, but people who are directors or co-vice presidents or whatever his title is now uh, are they really that involved with a remake or a remaster like it seems that seems like something that would be akin to a port yeah. team or something yeah. like that so yeah uh number three epic layoffs um i just realized that the way i titled this makes it sound Dude, like epic the, layoff. the layoffs are epic, <laughs> that's how they but, um, that's how not. they send it to the employees uh, like epic layoff <laughs> they get the guy from Halo. Yeah, yeah, they get the guy. Finish Epic him. Layoff. <laughs> Did you get him on cameo? I bet they got that real cheap. Oh yeah, man. Minimum. 40, 50 bucks, probably. Epic Games, known for Fortnite and Unreal Engine, is cutting Ouch. 830 jobs, 16% of its workforce, due to overs- that is an epic layoff. Due to overspending on Fortnite and the metaverse, CEO Tim Sweeney had hoped to avoid layoffs, but said he found it unrealistic. Affected employees get six months of severance, which, by the way, I want to back up for a minute. Apparently, the people who are being laid off from Naughty Dog uh, are not getting severance according to reports that are out there. Now, if if what Dave was saying about it potentially being contract employees is accurate, then that would make sense. Uh, they're not really getting laid off. They're getting their their contract just isn't getting renewed, but we won't know that probably for a while. Anyway, affected employees get six months of severance and Epic will divest from Bandcamp and Super Awesome. Most cuts are outside of core development, possibly causing delays in some projects. Fortnite's growth relies on creator content with lower margins, and Epic will keep hiring for specific projects while reducing legal (laughs) expenses in its Epic battle with Apple and Google. In a related move, Mediatonic, developer of Fall Guys, has also been impacted by layoffs. 
after they acquired after Epic acquired the studio last year. While the studio remains open, job losses have significantly been affected in various areas, including IT support, marketing, software development, character artists, gameplay programmers, level designers, producers, and narrative staff. I'll add to what I wrote there that uh, people were saying that the entire Mediatonic team got laid off. That was um, apparently not the case, but it, a large portion of them, uh, regardless. Dave, 830 jobs, 16% of the workforce of one of the industry's largest video game developers. Fortnite's just not paying the bills anymore, I guess. No, and uh, it's interesting because this story talks about uh, overspending, and I'm I'm kind of wondering what, what they were spending on. I don't really keep up to date on... Um, the the goings on in the Fortnite universe because there's a certain uh, podcast I used to listen to that would keep me up to date on that and it just it just stopped recording. Um, so I, I I'm yeah. wondering yeah. what what they're spending on um, because I feel like we haven't really heard a whole lot new from Fortnite in in quite a long time uh, and I'm kind of wondering if Epic got a little bit complacent with Fortnite um, as a cursory sort of person when it comes to this game the last big thing i remember is zero built which that that was that that was a pretty big hit but i felt like it was a fluke because it was literally um you know epic removing a key piece of their biggest game and people being like this is great leave it like it is um but i think that didn't really have the legs that that epic would have wanted so um I don't know the the thing with Epic and and kind of looking at their gamers and their customers is I suspect the majority of 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 people who played this game for a long time were were Zoomers and you know as as a developer you have to you have to really work to keep a captive audience for a long time and you kind of have to evolve with your with your fan base and I don't know that Fortnite's really done that. Um, people get bored and they change interest pretty quickly. And I think just adding new characters and skins and stuff, I don't know if that's really enough. And, and again, if, if they've done more sort of substantial things to keep the iron hot when it comes to Fortnite, then, then please enlighten me. But, um, and then if you kind of take a step back and most of Epic's eggs were in the battle Royale basket. And I, I'm also wondering if, if the battle Royale um, bubble is, is starting to burst because, Warzone seems to have lost quite a bit of steam. Uh, 2.0 definitely hit with a bit of a thud. Um, I think Apex seems to be fairly resilient and has got a little bit of resurgence right now. So is Titanfall. Um, no one really talks about PUBG anymore. And anytime we get like a new entry into the Battle Royale series, it seems to be gone as quickly as it arrived. So I'm wondering if this is kind of a larger sort of industry trend where Battle Royale maybe needs to really evolve and Fortnite has to be the one to do it. Uh, or publishers are maybe seeing now that, you know, these games that operate under the free-to-play model, um, they are kind of a dime a dozen. And if they're not an instant success, then they're just not sustainable. So I don't know. This this could be a bad omen for Battle Royales in general. But again, I'm kind of wondering, like, what what was Epic really doing with with um, Fortnite? And I know the metaverse was a thing too, and I, I really don't understand what that was going to be, but uh, maybe that's where all the money was being poured into. But yeah, it is what it is, I guess. But for Brandon, before we get your thoughts on that specifically, you kind of, you, you keep up with more of the stuff that you don't play than I do. You you kind of live specifically with like Fortnite and other stuff, like half half a foot sure. into the zoomer world and half a foot out <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway what, 
I mean, I think Dave's right. I know that you know right. they switched everything over to Unreal Five, and then they took they they made no build, and there's been some like pretty interesting stuff happening with like the creator made worlds where of course Epic is receiving I don't know what ten percent less right. of the money that's spent in those. But what is Fortnite um, like? Has it evolved honestly, lately? I've been a little bit out of touch with it. Um, I would say a large portion of their money is probably being sunk into IP. That's something that Fortnite has always had is large cross every single season there seems to be a new intellectual property that is not owned by them in their game and I would imagine that that ends up being mighty expensive um, depending on the property uh, so you know I guess that's something you could probably only keep up with for so long. Um, in addition to that, I would assume that the the whole Apple battle uh, was mighty costly as well. And with the uh, whole Unity debacle happening recently, it really makes you wonder if something's going to start to happen with their thing. You know, we've talked about how Unreal Engine is uh, an affordable uh, or free option for developers. And who knows with this sort of news, how long that's going to stick around. So I tend to agree with what Dave's saying. I think that we have kind of reached a steady plateau on the BR genre. Um, I feel like the only reason that Apex has been able to remain mostly dominant in its role is because it has a healthy competitive scene uh, that really draws in a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine it's a combination of a lot of things. I think we are generally seeing a plateau, whether that be with Fortnite or with BRs in general. I think they're both kind of evening out. Um, and so I think when the bills keep pouring in and the numbers keep not going up as a company, what do you do? You try and mitigate loss. That's what you do. And that's exactly what this looks like to me. So uh, a truly astronomical amount of jobs by any standard um, makes the naughty dog thing almost seem non-existent by this standard. But um, yeah, whether or not it's contract or not, it's still a hard thing to swallow. Um, this has definitely been the biggest one we've seen so far. And, you know, I guess it makes sense. One of the biggest companies out there. Um, but yeah, I would imagine it is just continually trying to pump the numbers as they did in the past. But when engagement starts to slow, um, you gotta, you gotta cut back spending. And I think that's exactly what this is, is a move to cut back spending. So. I was about to say, and then I looked in chat and saw Ed had said it as well. The Epic Games Store has to be a massive money pit if Fortnite and Unreal Engine isn't paying those bills. Um, and yeah, he's definitely right. I mean, Fortnite obviously is still strong, but maybe not as strong as it used to be. And of course, the collaborations, everything else is costing them some money. Um, the Unreal Engine, like they're being so... I would say generous, and that probably is the right word, but, you know, it's a corporation, so I don't want to pretend like a corporation's being generous. But what do they pay? Like, every week I get on Epic Games Store just to redeem a free game. And I know a couple years ago we saw a leak where a lot of those games, the prices for them were revealed, and I don't remember those numbers specifically, and I'm too lazy to look them up right now. But they were spending a lot of money getting those. And granted, the, the titles that are coming out all the time aren't always as high profile as those early ones to get people signed up for the service were. But I don't know, Dave, do you think like, are they just spending too much elsewhere too? 
Like, is it is it not just a matter of decline in revenues, but also like they're just pumping money into the wrong stuff? It yeah, seems. and again, I'll just come back to the complacency thing. Like, as as popular as your thing is at X point in time, like you need to be planning for the future and assume that people are going to stop playing at some point unless you give them something um, truly engaging to kind of um, keep their interest. And as as Brandon said, like like having John Wick in your game and Spider-Man and Star Wars costs a lot of money, but at some point it gets a little stale. Um, you know, Unreal Engine 5, sure, the first couple minutes that you jump into the game when it has a new engine and it's slightly better looking is cool, but you are playing the same game uh, and, and that sets in fairly quickly. So, um, you know, something has to be kind of generating revenue for you to to uh, maintain those IPs and 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 get Unreal Engine five working. Um, and I just I, I don't know. You you got to be a little bit more creative with with what you're doing and iterative and and find ways to people people interested because I, I it it just appears that that hasn't happened with Fortnite. And let's not let's not get it twisted. I mean, Fortnite is still an incredibly a popular game and there are millions millions of people are going to play that game but just when it starts to decline slightly that really hurts epic because um it's it, it's costing a lot of money to run that thing and it's 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 just it's starting yeah. to shrink so. and also just something to keep in mind is that like <laughs> as far as brs go and as far as like large multiplayer experiences they have been at the top or close to the top for a long time and so they are kind of really towing this line that almost never has been toned towed to the to the extent that they have for so long so i mean of course they're going to have to adapt whether that be in through gameplay or through you know uh objective or through goals um and yeah this is just what this is it's sad to see that people are losing jobs over it but uh this was bound to happen at some point um i don't think this means fortnite is going away or that it's lesser of a product i just think at some point people do get fatigued with games um even if there is iteration uh and for them to have been on top for as long or close to the top as they have is a crowning achievement by all standards as far as i'm concerned so yeah you have to imagine when everything started blowing up they also pulled in like a lot more right. people than they needed long term to sustain it which sucks that they couldn't find something else for them but at the same time like you can't just keep people on right. because you want them to have a job. Um, that's good if you can find something else for them to do, but it's not always practical for the bottom line, especially for a massive corporation like that. I wanted to share a story with you guys about Fortnite real quick, kind of about Fortnite. I, this summer I was um, visiting some family and some other family of ours that I don't see that often came up. And it's my cousin and her husband and their son is somewhere between nine and 13 and somewhere in there. Like, I don't know, I get a little, and I haven't seen him. I've seen his parents since, you know, since, but I haven't seen him in a few years long enough ago that he wouldn't remember me. And he, his mom told me he was excited to talk to me because I knew about video games. So I was like, Hey, you want, you want to talk about video games? And he's like, yeah, I heard you, I heard you like video games. I'm like, yeah. He's like, cool. Are you, are you like a streamer? I was like, well, I, you know, I stream sometimes, but I'm not a streamer. Like, that's not my main thing I do. And he's like, oh, what do you, what's, what's your KD? In like, which game? What, what do you mean? Uh, oh, oh. He's like, yeah. he's like in was... Fortnite. I, I was like, I was like, oh, I don't really play Fortnite on stream. Like, I, I've played it a couple times, but, you know, on stream. But I've, I used to play it a lot, but I don't remember what my KD was, and it probably wasn't good. He's like, what do you mean you don't play Fortnite on stream? And I was like, what do you mean, what do I mean I don't play Fortnite? He's like, 
you said you said you stream sometimes. I thought you you played Fortnite. I'm like, no, I play oh. other games. And he's like, <laughs> <It's>, why? <laughs> he, he goes, why? Dude, he's flaming you. I'm bro. like, what do you mean, why? Like, yeah. So he so he's got his switch, and I'm like, what do you what do you got on there? And he's like, oh, Fortnite. I was like, oh. Do you play it just on the Switch or do you play it elsewhere too? He's like, oh, I play on my Xbox too. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, you know, so we talked about Fortnite for a little while and I was like, so what do you play when you're not playing Fortnite? Like if you went somewhere and you had your Switch, you know, you're like, you're in the car and you don't have Wi-Fi. And he's like, what? I was like, do you play games that aren't Fortnite? Like if you don't have internet connection, he goes, I can't remember the last time I didn't have internet connection. (laughs) I was like, I am ancient. I am 9,000 years old oh, right now. dude. This is why layoffs so are happening the... at Sony right now. The, the, those statements <laughs> are the reason that it's happening, bro. Single player games. I told him, dead. I'm like, this, this was the thing that really put the nail in the coffin. I was like, I used to be super into Fortnite, and some friends and I, we had a podcast that was actually pretty big about Fortnite. And we just, when we quit playing Fortnite, really, we quit doing the podcast. And he goes, he's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> What's a podcast? You know, like, it's like talk radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically, what's, I tried to explain it to him. He's like, I don't know. What's a he's radio? Like, yeah. Well, I didn't say talk radio, but I was yeah. like, you know, it's like we people get together and talk and paper and say, get on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Number four. Dave alluded to this earlier. A little bit, kind of. He just said he just said the man's name. PlayStation boss Jim Ryan will retire in March after Bless. nearly 30 years at Sony. Ryan, who has been CEO since 2019, cites the difficulty of living in Europe while working in North America as the reason for his departure. Hiroki, Hiroki Totoki, <laughs> I'm sorry, will become Sony Interactive Entertainment's chairman in October and interim CEO in April. Sony CEO Yoshida thanks Ryan and emphasizes the importance of finding his successor. Guys, I see both of you, you know, high kicking and doing fist pumps and stuff. Dave, let's start with you. Jim Ryan, not going to be at Sony, certainly not going to be in charge of PlayStation any longer. Uh, why is that? Why, why are you rejoicing? Um, because I don't like what Sony's been like under Jim Ryan. And I'm, I, I didn't, I, I'm wondering if this was the plan all along where Jim Ryan was a stopgap. Um, I wonder if internally Sony knew like, you know what, you're going to come in here, kind of just hold the line for a few years and then we're going to get someone else in sort of long-term or even if he knew deep down, like I'm not going to be doing this very long. And maybe his strategy was just like, I just don't want to screw things up. And that would kind of explain what we've seen from Sony over the past um, four years, um, because his his like low risk, high percentage approach to managing IP and and stuff has just, in my opinion, been really damaging for the brand um, because it's, you know, we're seeing games be remastered and remade that really don't need to be remade. And we're seeing a lot of diversification, um, i.e., you know, moving IP over to other mediums um, or other platforms, which is good. I mean, that exposes the, the brand to, um, to different people who maybe weren't into gaming and now they are. So I, I understand from a business perspective, all that, but from my perspective, it's just not that interesting. I want to see the next uncharted. I want to see, um, you know, I, I want to see resistance come back. I want to see, I want to see Sony take some risks and they just haven't in the past four years. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I wish Jim Ryan all the best. Um, 
you know, he doesn't have to pretend he's a gamer anymore. <laughs> he can go back to golfing and, and hanging out on yachts or whatever he does. But uh, I really have high hopes for Totoki to come in and, and kind of bring Sony back to form and start taking some risks and trying out some new things. And, you know, there's there's lots of cool things that have kind of emerged in terms of, um, you know, new VR hardware and, and um, you know, Sony owns Bungie now. Like, do something cool with that. <laughs> There's a lot of different cool things that you can do, and so far all we have is Marathon, and it's it's like, okay, do better. Please, G- give us a first-party, first-person shooter. Like, just, it's not difficult. So, yeah, I mean, so long, Jim. Um, it's been nice, but it really hasn't. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking, I'm really hoping, and I'm hoping not, I hope I don't get disappointed that uh, Sony is going to start to um, revert back to their older ways. So that's why I'm happy. That's all. Dave, I have a, a video, as you know, but for everyone else um, on this channel, I don't know, I put it up six or eight months ago, called uh, I Miss the Old PlayStation. And it's it's very much about what you're talking about, that, you know, I miss the old PlayStation that did goofy things and took risks. And I didn't specifically, like, mention Jim Ryan, although, you know, that definitely started to change a little bit, maybe at the end of the Layden era, but definitely in the Jim Ryan era, you know, it's not the fun, goofy Sony anymore, PlayStation anymore. It's the, it's the new, very business. That video, you, you reminded me of somebody I completely forgot about in that video. And I can't remember his name, but it was the funny, like uh, business guy. He was the marketing guy. um, Who was sorry. Shuhei. No, no, no. He was, he was, he was, he was a white guy. He was an American guy. And he was, Oh, 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 oh. We're not going to remember. This. Um, Kevin, Kevin Butler. Kevin yes. Butler. And that was like, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just in my, yeah. my eyes, my eyes, that was like the golden age of Sony. And yeah, I really like that. Video. Yeah. So Brandon, I'm going to ask you a question that's really meant for Dave, but in, in an effort to get you in here on this conversation too, uh, does it matter to the stakeholders and anyone else, I guess, that Sony is not as, or PlayStation is not as fun anymore when they're putting up yeah, record numbers. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I wanted to Does bring up. And I wasn't, I wasn't like drop kicking or like celebrating necessarily. I mean, I don't think it's, I'm not celebrating Jim's, Jim's departure. Uh, did you say you were drop kicking Jim Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, <laughs> I'm not necessarily celebrating. It was more of a bless, bless him as he moves on. Um, and to answer your question, I mean, even though I agree with everything you both have said, it would be much nicer to have a more fun Sony. Um, I mean, stock prices have almost 4x since he's been in CEO position since 2011. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess... Is that thanks to anything he's done? He's just kind of kept things going. Like it's, I, and stockholders have to know that. Like they, maybe they don't look in that deep, but I just. And I'm not I, saying it's an all, all on his back. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously there's a lot involved, but as the head of an organization, I mean, you do represent it as a whole. And regardless of how fun or not it is, I feel like that kind of is something to take note of. Um, so I do agree with you guys generally. I think that, um, Jim might not have been the perfect fit, but financially and fiscally, I feel like he was a decent fit for Sony. Uh, Maybe not the best fit, um, but congrats to him for finally being able to just kind of move on, relax. Um, I do hope 
the best for Sony. I will agree that some of the decisions they've made um, have been questionable as far as I'm concerned. Um, and yeah, hopefully this means new things because it seems like they're really risk um, adverse, um, almost to a fault, um, it seems sometimes. And I would like to see them take more risks. Now, I know that's a very difficult thing to say for someone who is the head of a company is take on more risk. Um, but I feel like Sony does shine sometimes. Um, and some companies do shine um, when they take their risks. So, yeah, we'll see, man. Um, and to my knowledge, this uh, new CEO has like a probation period almost. I guess this is pretty common for CEOs just to see how the fit is. So I guess there won't be any sort of changes immediately, I would assume, but uh, maybe. Yeah. So, so Jim Ryan's staying on until March and during that time. And also after that, uh, Totoki is coming in and um, taking on the CEO role, but they're calling him interim, which sometimes in corporations means that, right. They're probably going to be the next guy. Uh, and sometimes it means literally that they're an interim until they find somebody else. But he's already, he's at Sony as, I think, CFO. I don't, I didn't write it down. So um, I can't verify that for sure. But he's already like, he's a, technically a higher position at Sony. Uh, now, going down to CEO of PlayStation would be pretty cool. But is it like career lateral. advancement? Not necessarily. So, yeah, yeah, it really kind of is lateral. So whether or not he wants to stay on and do that, I don't know. Whether or not he's a good fit, we'll find out. Uh, and of course, the the company and the stockholders will evaluate. But um, interesting times ahead. Hopefully they get some young, you know, 26 year old <laughs> Zoomer in there. Yeah, that'll spice happen things for up sure. a little bit. <laughs> Bring back Kevin and, Butler and, and, and or Kevin, Kevin Butler's son by this point, honestly. Uh, in the chat, we got Radix saying Eric Lampel, current head of marketing, is my guest's successor. I could see Eric Lampel doing it, but also uh, his personality is much more in the marketing area, in my opinion. Um, he's a smart guy, but yeah, it'll be interesting. They've got a lot of people there who could do it. And you need a figurehead, in my opinion, that is going to be able to relate to gamers when they're right. telling them, when they're asking them to buy their stuff. And Eric Lempel definitely could do that. But is that what Sony Japan wants? You know, um, could Herman Holst be a dark horse? That's another one that's being floated for sure. Yeah. Herman Holst. Um, that would be a fast yeah, move yeah. up from him, from head of a studio to head of a division to Did CEO. It? But um, he's well liked. I think he's kind of dry, um, but he's not characterless, which I think is uh, something that many of us, probably including myself, have said. Dude, I saw some brain dead people sure. talking about so. Sean Layden, and I was like, "That I know." <laughs> They're like, "They could run back." It's like, um, I like I mean, Sean too. I really like Sean yeah, Layden. And I, I like he, Sean. He brought a lot of good yeah. things, but his time is gone now. Like yeah. he's said too much since he left. To engender bad will against him, I think, and also the way they're moving right now, I don't think. Like they're looking at more all blockbuster stuff, and he's like, "Let's bring the twenty-hour games that cost uh, you know eighty million, and stop spending three hundred million on yeah. twenty-hour games." Would you say so. they're moving different now? I'd say they're moving a little different. Moving a little different. Uh, moving on. 
moving different. Number five, SAG-AFTRA's negotiations with gaming industry employers for the interactive media agreement have ended without reaching an agreement. The current agreement will remain in effect while final efforts are made to reach a deal. SAG-AFTRA recently authorized a strike with an overwhelming majority of members voting in favor. I think it was like 98 point something. Uh, We talked about that last week. The strike could affect major companies like Activision, Electronic Arts, WB Games. This comes after the Writers Guild of America strike recently ended with a tentative agreement reached. SAG-AFTRA's previous strike against gaming companies in 2016-2017 lasted 183 days. That's one we forget about. It did affect things, but it didn't... It wasn't in the limelight yeah. here as much. Uh, but Brandon, just because they haven't reached a deal... I've, I've been on both end of, of union contract negotiations. Just because they haven't reached a negotiation yet, a, a place... You know, most of the time, people wait right. till the v- very last minute um, before they agree on something... Or say no, we're not agreeing on it. Um, but yeah, just want your thoughts on the uh, on the no, this is, um, negotiations. Interesting stuff. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, I'm hoping they come to some sort of compromise. But with all of this layoff news coming by, it really makes you consider something like this being so important um, in general to kind of unionize and stand up uh, for your rights as an employee, whether that be uh, SAG or otherwise. Um, I'm kind of hoping other uh, divisions of gaming kind of take a look at this and kind of see what's going on. And, you know, if the layoffs recently have told us anything, it's that almost nobody is safe. Um, QA, you know, what What I would assume as a non-game developer is being one of the more important divisions of your game department, um, kind of getting let go. Um, it really does make you wonder. Um, but as I said last week, this is good for everybody except for the corporations, which is good for everybody. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they come up with something soon. I hope it's quick. I mean, obviously we don't want it to affect... Uh, the games but if the actors one told us anything it's they are willing to hold out for a long time these corporations a very long time an excessively long time um, needlessly Um, if they're going to end up folding might as well just fold now as far as I'm concerned so Dave I don't know if uh, up there in (laughs) communist Canada you guys have unions or anything Um, but (laughs) I'm just kidding but I was curious your take on it as well um, it's, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's a tricky situation and, uh, I think workers kind of need to stand up for themselves and there are scary things on the horizon that they need to put safeguards in place for them. So, um, yeah, I, I generally don't really care for unions. Um, you know, I think unions were made to protect workers and, uh, from from adverse work environments i.e you know production and stuff like that uh in the henry ford days <laughs> and and they've kind of been it extended out to areas where i i think they don't, aren't really needed but i i do understand some of the things that are coming and 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 i'm i'm all for workers coming together to protect themselves um against sort of predatory practices so uh, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain because um, if 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 it is uh, disadvantageous for I don't even know if that's a word for people to kind of make these games, then ultimately the uh, the quality of the product is going to go down long-term. So might delay a couple of the games that that we have upcoming or maybe haven't even been announced yet, uh, and that sucks. But long-term, this is worth it. It's kind of like road construction. Um, you know, just kind of deal with it for a little while, but 
you're going to, um, as a consumer, be happy it happened um, in the long run. So I'll see what happens. Hopefully it's not 183 days. My money would be that it isn't um, just because of the financial situation that a lot of people are in right now. Like it's it's striking is expensive for um, businesses and workers. So I don't think it's going to last that long, but I'm sure we'll kind of talk about it as it And it Dave, you don't know this, but it is like road construction, unless you live in Pennsylvania, where there is perpetual construction and seamlessly horrendous road conditions at every turn. Um, I just don't understand yeah. how there can be constant construction, um, but no improvement. It, it actually is mind-blowing to me. Um, Brendan... Route 28 that goes yeah. from Catanning to Pittsburgh. I used to live in Catanning. I moved there in 1997. Now I moved away from there. My parents were still there. You know, whatever. we're still there. And, and my in-laws are over that way. So anyway, Route 28 has literally, in the hour drive between Catanning and Pittsburgh, been under construction yep. for yep. 25 years solid. People in the chat One just talk amongst yourselves while, uh, you know, Ben and Brandon are complaining about No, dude, listen. No, no, you <laughs> brought this up. You brought I this up on yourself, bit too. It, it's bad, dude. There is there is no future. It's, it's bad. To, I don't know if it's like this in a, here. Don't bring up, don't bring up roadworks on, on the HP podcast. like this in other idea. places, but, you know, I see there's road construction at my work. I have a 30-minute lunch break. I go to leave, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go on the back road to skip the construction they're paving the entire back road and the front road both ways to get out of my work area they're paving i have to sit at a dead stop either way i go i literally feel trapped by these pendaw workers so uh that'll be all perpetual construction i wonder if it's about other places but it is it's every traffic is bad everywhere the drivers are the worst everywhere it's just yeah. but 25 well, years for they one gotta road hold the sign break. ben moving on to our last news item for the week remedy is working on remakes of max Payne one and two a project described as very very big by co-founder sam lake the undertaking involves updating these classic games to modern standards and combining them into one while sam lake originally voiced max Payne in the first game he remained tight-lipped about his possible return to the role the remakes are intended for next-gen consoles, or as I like to call them, current-gen consoles, and PC, but no release date has been confirmed yet. The Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes are still in the conceptual phase, with Remedy aiming to develop five AAA games as part of its ambitious goal. These remakes will be exclusively released for PS5, Xbox Series, and PC, utilizing Remedy's Northlight graphics engine. Studios also working on Control 2 and Alan Wake 2. Brandon, I just gotta ask you, I think it was last year or maybe it was early this year. We talked about, oh, good, there's going to be Max Payne remakes and they're still in the conceptual phase. That kind of irks me. But anyway, um, I have, have any love for Max Jason Payne? Love, um, if that makes sense. I watched Justin play uh, Max Payne, honestly, probably in, in the college days, maybe close to the high school year days. Um, and I always thought it was a really awesome looking game, but I never gave it a go and I've heard amazing things. So I will be eagerly awaiting um, a return of Max Payne. Uh, so yes, yes, to answer your question, I do have an interest in the game greatly, uh, but no direct experience. So uh, I'm glad to hear that they are... 
I guess taking it seriously, I mean, obviously they're taking it seriously, but it is an older game at this point, and it probably could use some updating um, in many ways. And they say it's, what do they say here? It's an ambitious goal or a large undertaking. So um, it is kind of weird that they're not a little bit further ahead, um, but maybe all these half-baked remakes and remasters that are coming out are making them kind of take a step back. Um, And it's possible that they're deep into control development as well. Um, We know Alan Wake's coming. We're seeing a lot of really good previews. So they got a lot going on right now. Um, I don't blame them for not being further in development, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking into 2025 easily at this point, uh, at least based on this wordage. So, Dave, uh, one, any love for Max Payne? And two, why did they announce it so early? That's a good question, especially when they uh, also announced that they have several other, in my opinion, more exciting things that they're working on that um, possibly are coming much sooner. Um, So I I guess they're just excited about it. Um, Remedy, uh, I I believe, has always been the sole developer for the Max Payne franchise. And I I will admit right now, I have never played a single Remedy game, and I I really don't like that. I want to change it. Um, I think Alan... I thought you were going to start out just by saying you've never played Max Payne, which I was like, understandable, yeah, but you control, said Remedy. Uh, Alan Wake, haven't played any of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I will admit it. Um, so, I mean, this, this is promising, though. I mean, wh- when a team is this excited and passionate about a remake that is a ways off, then it means they're, they're really doing a lot to change the game. Um, I don't know if either of you have played or anybody in the chat, but I, I love listicle videos on YouTube. It's kind of what I fall asleep to every night. And one that has come up on listicles quite a bit, specifically when they're talking about hardest missions or levels uh, from video games, one that often comes up, I think, is from the original Max Payne, uh, where there's this level where you're following like a, a path of blood. In, I think it's like a flashback sequence or something, and it's it's apparently really, really frustrating and difficult in, in the worst way possible. So I wonder how they're going to kind of go back to do that. But um, yeah, I'm happy to see that uh, they're, they're, they're passionate about this, and uh, I really need to, to play Alan Wake Remastered um, first, or Remake, I'm not sure which one it is. Um, I- yeah, the Alan Wake Remaster came out either yeah. last year or year before. And then Alan Wake 2 is coming out here. I think it was a PS PS Plus game recently. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think I I missed out on that. But uh, in any case, that's where I'm going to break my remedy cherry uh, or or pop my (laughs) remedy cherry. But um, yeah. Yeah, don't break (laughs) it. Oh, my goodness. Just pop it if you need to, but don't break it. Lord almighty help us. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Dave, I think you have the shortest list. We'll talk with yeah, you first. Yeah, Dad Sim 2023. It's a banger. Uh, lots of poop. Not a lot of sleep. Um, yeah, I haven't played anything. I played some Monster Hunter now. I, I, I am unhappy to report that Joseph Brandt Hospital in uh, Burlington, Ontario is not a great place to play Monster Hunter now. There's just not much going on. What? I, I know. I figured, like, so the hospital is on the water. It's it's in, a like, a... a popping place that I, I was really looking forward to opening the app and seeing a lot of cool stuff, but there really wasn't much going on. So here's the question though, when you went in to fight like the pookie pookie, you know, and it gives you the option to fight with friends, 
Were you able to find anyone at the My hospital? My wife's in labor, and I'm just like sliding like, her phone. On. I'm like, there's like, there's like a four star Diablos here. Can you just help me out? Just, it's, she's I, not coming I, in. I need the materials. But... Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Are you pushing? Okay, no, then I need you to tap right now. Uh, it I sounds like you're not busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have not played anything. I actually, sorry, b- before the whole baby thing happened, I did. Um, I I did play some more uh, Modern Warfare Two. Uh, Brandon, just a reminder: Modern Warfare Three is out in less than a month, I think. So, <laughs> uh, and Modern Warfare Two is officially at the really weird phase in any annual Call of Duty, where like Megan the Stallion is in the game for some reason. I don't care for that. Um, you know when it, like the game launches and it's like really serious and there's all these cool characters and then after like six months like it's just like Fortnite shit like it's silly so yeah anyways yeah though I've also been playing a little bit of Monster Hunter now just to spin off of that uh, nothing new to report I did not go to the hospital to play um, or anything like that. It was a weird, weird excuse, excuse to go to the to hospital but I'm gonna check it out but... now I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah weird excuse to go to the hospital. <laughs> I wonder if our hospital is a is a point. I feel like any like building, dude. It seems like is a I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I'm having fun with it still. But I'm not really. I'm seeing like clips of stuff from people on Reddit because I probably I probably Googled something one time and found it on Reddit, and now I get like pop ups for it and from the Monster Hunter Now subreddit, and I'm like, when the hell do you get this weapon? Like I'm 25 or 30 levels in, and get I'm good. like, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Brandon, let's get to you yeah, next. So I'm going to start uh, off with what, what we can't kind of uh, riff off of. And I beat Armored Core 6, boys. I did it. Um, overall, a very, very solid game. Um, I think the second half of the game grabbed me way more. Once I got deep into the mechanics, um, I started getting more into the story. Uh, yeah, just really quality. I actually am highly considering playing a new game plus. And I will say for a good reason, because I didn't know this up until this point, but after beating the game, I started to watch media about the game because I didn't want to spoil myself on anything. But um, there's branching dialogues in this game where you make choices. And once you make certain choices, you get locked out of other choices, right? So that's a reason to replay the game so you could see the other choices. But something this game does that few From games do, I think one or two of them did this, is there is new content through New Game Plus 2 and New Game Plus 3. So stuff that wasn't even originally available, including the branching dialogue that you didn't do on the first playthrough. There's new content in 2 and in 3 New Game Plus. So really interested to go back in now that I'm more powerful. Um, The game is really not very long, but I think it really is meant to be replayed for the reasons I just stated. Um, So overall, a really, really awesome experience and um, maybe not my favorite from game, but still a super high quality game that was a lot of fun. Um, Just kind of feel like a badass at any given moment, which actually is pretty synonymous for uh, from games. So Um, but. Aside from that, I've been playing Party Animals. Um, We did get uh, a couple copies of this for uh, review just to kind of check out. Um, And man, this game is uh, pretty fun, uh, kind of unexpectedly. I mean, we did play Gang Beasts a bunch at PAX, like for three or four years in a row, Gang Beasts was there, and it was always something that was obviously fun for a little bit, but Party Animals is a hoot, man. Um, Running around as these little tiny cute creatures, and that's kind of what 
gang beast doesn't have the characters aren't like super cute but when i just absolutely pummel my best friend with a fucking frying pan (laughs) in the side of the head into freezing cold water or like pick him (laughs) up with both arms and throw him into a wind turbine or like off the side of a submarine um yeah it's just it's super fun um would highly recommend it it is on game pass uh we played well I, pl- I think Ben played a little bit more than me, but probably played for a good four or five hours minimum um, and really, really enjoyed the time I had with it. Um, I do think I'll go back and my fiance seems to like it quite a bit. So I think we'll be trying that out some more. So seems to be a game that is uh, good for the whole family and something that somebody who maybe isn't super into video games could potentially pick up and have a lot of fun with, too. So what were your thoughts, Ben? Did you it seemed like you enjoyed yourself, too? Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. And I have played a good bit more. Um, to clarify, it is for it is on Game Pass, but it's only on console Game Pass. Um, the the version we got, the the codes we got were for Steam, but it is fully cross play. So if you are on Steam or you buy it on the Xbox app or you're on Series console or whatever uh, through Game Pass or purchase or whatever, you can still play together, which is a must for me for these kind of games for party games and it's a must for it's a must for games that are going to be like well party games for lack of a better word i guess like games that you need a lot of people to be playing to have the lobbies full and be fun because eventually you know after the first couple months people are going to fall off a little bit but you know if you're a, a streamer or something and you want to play with your community having people not have to wonder like what version you have and all that kind of stuff. I think it's really important, but no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I have played a few hours more than you for sure. Uh, with our buddy, Justin, I offered a code to Dave, but he said he was busy or something, um, so far. So don't know about that yet, but, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's just like you said, it's so much fun. Just like the, the animals run so goofy. Um, they, you just, pummel each other i am getting a little frustrated at times with the physics of it all because i don't always understand it like sometimes i can pick somebody up and chuck them many feet away from me and other times i pick them up and i try to throw them and they land right in front of me and then wake up and beat me to death so i don't really always understand exactly what i'm doing right or what i'm doing wrong but i'm still having fun with it um my favorites are you know the one where you you fight on the ice that breaks apart and you uh, whoever's last on the ice wins. Um, I really like the hockey one. All the sports ones, actually. I like the hockey one with the giant puck, which they call the football hockey one's pretty good. in the game. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing, but the football one where you're uh, the uphill football, and then there's a soccer one, actually, as well. I don't know if you've played that one. Um, that's that's very similar. So I really like those. They're, those are team-based. Otherwise, it's um, two people to a team. A lot of bridges you got to stay on. Um, and there's some more objective-based ones where you got to, like, carry these gumdrops to uh, a conveyor belt that you open up and people can follow. There's just so many different modes. It's, but it's a lot of fun. Lots of cool skins. I think, I don't even know what we got with the code they sent us, but um, there's so many skins to unlock and um, there is a gotcha mechanic, literally a gotcha mechanic in the game uh, that you can pay real money for, but you can also earn that money through playing and yeah. every the, character acts the, the same. And the battle pass, so if you want to call thing. it that, doesn't cost money. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. That's 
That's one of the things, like, they didn't include any notes in it with what we got yeah. extra with the code they sent. So I didn't know, like, did I, would I normally have had Unless to pay for this? Unless it's a feature or? you get with cool. Game Pass. That's I'm cool pretty sure Lauren didn't. had it as well, my fiance. So I don't think it does cost, at least right now. Okay. But, um, yeah, super cute. Super, super yeah. cute. I can't, I can't, um, <laughs> yeah. I can't sell that enough. It's 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 very adorable. Uh, just to beat the yeah. shit out, out of somebody as a little tiny otter um, <laughs> in a tux, tuxedo. I have a I have Dude, a the thing gorillas, against monkeys. That's because they the always gorillas. brutally beat our asses. I don't know what it is if they if they've got a a, a better swing or yeah. what, but um, yeah, the monkeys are out for us, man. Yeah. The uh, other thing I've been playing is Dave. Dude, Grand we gotta play. Too bad you're streaming tonight. <laughs> I knew you'd like. I knew you liked that too, Dave or uh, Brandon. But um, so I've had somebody gave me. They bought the GT7 for PS5, and it came with a GT7 for PS4 code. And they gave me that code, and I've had it redeemed for months. Honestly, maybe closer to a year at this point. And finally decided I wanted to boot it up. And I also decided like I wanted to get a wheel, so I went and. That's a whole story I'm not going to discuss because it's so irritating. But I think I've got it mostly figured out now. Uh, I did a bunch of surgery on the wheel. It didn't work out. I've got, I've, I've got a plan. I've got a plan, Arthur. Uh, but I'm probably going to get another wheel. Anyway, I'm still having fun with GT7. I don't really know what there is to say about it other than, like, I've played a lot of racing games. None of them, like, excessively. I've never been, like, a huge, huge racing guy. But... I've always enjoyed them when I've played them and I'm very much enjoying GT seven. I'm playing the story right now. So, you know, you put progression in something, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, before the show, Brandon was like, how many of the menu books? The, yeah. What are they called? Books? The menu books. How many menu books have you done? Like, a couple Jesus of those. I was like, yeah, I've done like 15. <laughs> He's like, what I was the like, hell? He's like, yeah, I've done a couple. I've been fucking around on Laguna beach and you know this. And he's like, yeah, I've done 15 of them, dude. You're going to burn through that. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of content aside from the menu books, but I'm glad to hear that you're kind of, yeah. uh, you're going through it. Cause that's one of the best ways to get, to get cars early. So, well, and that's the thing is I haven't played, I, I didn't play GT six. I don't remember for sure. What? I just looked at my camera. I look orange. My What's going on with the light in my room I don't know. bleeding over. Anyway. It's the gingivitis. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I got distracted. Squirrel. Um, I don't think I've played a GTE since GT4 or 5. I've played all the uh, Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon games. Um, I've played a lot of other racing sims and arcades and, and i enjoy them but gt7 just feels quality like everything about it you know you can just Dude, tell like prestige about its it. quality and yeah and i'm never going to be the kind of guy who gets like a whole setup with 15 extra consoles and you know needs but like i i really do want to to get my wheel situation figured out just so i can get that little more immersion going as well um so i'm having a lot of fun with it um blazing through i i've already decided dave I would never take on the challenge you took on uh, with getting yeah, getting don't. the uh, the golds. Um, that, was, a, a uh, that, that was a choice, buddy. I'll tell you that much. In the, in the license? No, no, stuff? no. Whatever the, whatever the test was. The, the online trials. Um, you wanted to get... Oh, that one. The yeah, online yeah. trials. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can already tell you. I mean, I'm not bad, it, but I'm also playing on like... Yeah. Also, good luck mode. with the, uh, the license yeah. test as well, dude. Getting gold on all those, Dave. Crowning, crowning achievement. Even if you fail this other one, 
I am stuck on. I've got gold for almost every one, but the, the the last couple on the last uh, license test. So insane achievement, Dave. Truly insane. I'm not good. I'm just persistent. But yeah, dude, the persistence, <laughs> persistency is that's, key. That's been my week. That's the first step to being good. Oh, um, this weekend was also uh, Sea of Thieves Community Weekend. And I got to say, they did a really nice job with it. It was a lot of fun. Um, lots of cool events. Uh, I stole um, a chest in the game that I've literally never seen after 3,000 wow. hours. I've never seen it. And I was able to grab two of those this weekend. Um, so that was that was cool. I mean, it was it was a little different because they made it so that it was like they did this thing called pop up plunder where it would tell you in the game that there was pop up plunder and you had to go find it and look on social media for clues and everything else. Um, so we did one of those on our own and then had to fight for it, which was fun. And then we hopped onto another server and saw it on the map because it shows up on the map and just destroyed those people. Like we literally. I, we don't often do this, but we literally like took our boat and ran up beside them and hopped on and like stole it <laughs> back onto our ship and then took off. Uh, it wasn't like the normal thing where I just go and try to sink somebody like we literally just Robinson. No, not Robinson Crusoe. Some other pirate reference that somebody would understand if I said it correctly. Uh, it and so that was fun. And I have nothing to show for it. There's no achievement or anything tied to it, but it's the, the box of wondrous secrets. And uh, pe- yeah, pe- first time ever pe- even pe- seeing one in game, so that was fun. Oh damn! I didn't. I wasn't streaming. Yeah, my buddy who I was playing was from Germany, and it was late on uh, Saturday night when we got back, Brandon. And he was like, "Yeah, I can play. I'll play for like an hour or so if you still want to play." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll hop on because I wasn't. I wasn't going to initially." And then it ended up being like four <laughs> more hours. And he's like, you should have streamed. We, yeah. we, we like had some amazing steals. We, st- we got Box of Wonders Secrets. Like, yes. But no, I wasn't streaming. I was just vibing. So, and that's it. That's pretty much all I've been playing. Yeah. I said all. Oh, that was a lot of stuff, actually. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's it for the show. Uh, don't forget to go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, also, don't forget to sign up. Uh, come over to Discord, handsomephantom.com slash Discord. We appreciate it. Dave, uh, good luck the next week with the new baby. Actually, like the next <laughs> a couple <laughs> decades, really. Good luck. But like, specifically <laughs> right now, I'm telling you good luck for the next thank week. You. I thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll hang out and chat with the uh, the YouTube crowd for a little bit if there's anybody who wants to hang out. Um, just a few minutes, probably. Um, but other than that, thank you, and we'll see you next time. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. The following patrons are at the $5 level or above. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Rainick, Christian Snow, Grabalicious, Benji Bop, and Johnny Waffles.